Hey, welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast focused on holistic health, nutrition, biohacking, and more. I'm your host, Brittany Ford, registered holistic nutritionist and self-proclaimed biohacker. During the last 10 years, I've focused on healing my gut and hormonal issues through lifestyle changes, nutrition, and of course, biohacks. And now I teach others to do the same. I'm so excited you're joining me today. So let's dive right in. All right. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. This one is going to be super fun, chill, but educational at the same time. I have a good friend of mine, a fellow female biohacker, Katie Moore, with me on the show today, otherwise known as Katie Type A. She is a YouTuber and a podcaster. Um, She does consulting work and she's a biohacker. And I'm just so excited about this because it's really nice to just talk to another female biohacker. So Katie, welcome. Oh, I could not agree uh, enough about the, you know, kind of getting biohackers together because I think we all kind of live in these like isolated regions, like in the world, like I'm in Hawaii, you're in Canada. I've got friends in California, New York. And so it's just really great to to get together and kind of just collab and and you know talk about all the crazy things that we're doing in our life right now. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. I really want like okay, future plan, mm. create a female biohacking retreat in like Costa Rica and then everyone who's into biohacking who identifies as a female can come and we can all actually meet in person. A 100,000% I I have been thinking like brainstorming on that idea since like before my channel started. I was just like as I started to get into some more health and wellness products, I was like, who can I talk to about this? And like none of my mm-hmm. actual like close friends were doing it. My family still thinks I'm crazy. So we don't really have a ton <laughs> of people. But the also the, the other thing too is like it would be not only great for like the collaboration and meeting people and talking about experiences, but even if you had like the opportunity to test out things, like that's what's so great mm. about the, the biohacking conference, right? Like you go and then they have all these crazy expensive machines you could never afford to buy yourself that you can try. And I just, I love that. So absolutely sign me up. I, I think yeah. that's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's do um, it. And we can have all types of biohacking tech and uh, who knows what else there? Maybe some ayahuasca. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't I'm, done I'm, that yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me too. Me too. But I, oh, it'd be such a trip. It'd be so cool. Yeah. Literal trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how did you, like, I don't even think I know this story. Like, how did you first get into biohacking? You don't know this story because I haven't talked about it. <laughs> Okay. So this is so funny. It's like when I started my channel, I I kind of went in creating more of this like hodgepodge of different videos on how to live your life healthier and better. And it wasn't until I think like maybe three or four months into making videos that I really switched over to product reviews. And then I realized there's been a huge gap in like the last two years of making videos where I've never really talked about my personal health journey. And I do have some plans to talk about it in the works, but it's complicated like most things in life. You know, I I was in my 20s and I started to develop brain fog and I was cr- like I had chronic stress that was absolutely 
debilitating to the point where like I w- I had insomnia. I started taking sleeping aids. I was burnt out. I got fired from my job at SoulCycle because I was so stressed and I didn't know how to like manage my stress levels. And I just, I felt like I had hit rock bottom. And I think the crazy thing now is like listening to a lot of other biohackers in the space or people who have kind of come into the health and wellness world really do talk about having these like really low points in their lives. Even Tony Robbins like was homeless and then, you know, went through a huge struggle. And I, I went through my own kind of form of struggle for probably the, my mid to late twenties, a couple of years there. And I, I'll never forget like the moment I discovered biohacking, which I think, you know, is one of the reasons why I've been such a huge proponent of, you know, Dave Asprey and and really the kind of the bulletproof mantra. But I was listening to this podcast, I think it was like with James Altucher. It was something really random interviewing Dave Asprey about brain health. And so I was Mm. starting a new job. I wanted to be smart and I felt like everything was so tough and difficult. And I was having a hard time just feeling like my brain was working. Um, and so I listened to this podcast. He started talking about all these things I had never heard of. So mind you, this is like almost three and a half years ago, nootropics, you know, keto diet, like putting butter in your coffee. These things are totally normal to us. Now we do them all the time, but at that point in my life, when mm-hmm. I was still eating the quote unquote standard American diet, and I didn't know anything about actually taking care of my health because I just listened to the doctors and that was it. I, I heard that podcast and I was like, you know what? I'm desperate. I, I need to change something in my life because whatever I'm doing is not working. And in that moment, you know, I, I, my fiance and I both were like, let's just try it. And then we did. And it was hugely successful, you know, and I feel like I've always kind of wanted that like limitless, like NZT 48 pill. (laughs) And it certainly wasn't that. And I probably have spent thousands on supplements that I didn't need. But I think the point was that it was a rabbit hole, right? It was, it Mm. was not just, oh, the bulletproof, you know, roadmap changed my life. Absolutely not. It was the catalyst to get me thinking differently about my health. And so it was, you know, a couple of years of then listening to all of these podcasts, basically consuming every single piece of content out there on biohacking, which there was not a lot out there at the time. Mm -hmm. Like it was like Luke's story, Ben Greenfield and Dave. And, but I listened to every episode and I started looking into other modalities, you know, red light therapy, cold plunges, hot infrared saunas. And I, I just started to transform my life from that moment on. And then I did have a series of, you know, really difficult family things that happened to me. And I don't really like to talk about them per se, just because, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. It's, it still is emotional, but like I lost my dad a mm-hmm. year ago to ALS and then my mm-hmm. fiance lost his dad to cancer in November. And honestly, Brittany, like to see two men in their late fifties, early sixties, just go like that, you know, because yeah. of health related issues that possibly could have been, you know, not, you know, obviously mitigated, but like maybe it wouldn't have been as severe or happened as quickly had they taken better care of their health way earlier on. And so Mm -hmm. my mission from, 
like those two experiences has really been, how do I inform people how to take better care of their health? How do I help them really understand the importance of taking, you know, your biology into your own hands and whatever that looks like. And you can start small and it's something, you know, even just sleeping better, eating better, like meditating, doing those little pieces over time will actually have a huge result. It did for me. And I, and so my, that's really my mission is just like, how can I help other people not have to go through what I went through? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry to hear about that happening in your family. Um, and I, I understand, I, I understand the attraction to optimal health. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like, how do you educate the people closest to you about that without sounding like totally woo woo and totally nuts? Yeah. Um, and I think I found biohacking right around the same time as you, I like mine was 2018, like early 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of similar, like it was not very popular at the time. Um, and I almost just didn't even know where to start. Like it kind of felt overwhelming when I was like listening to the few podcasts that were out there, like nootropics and red light therapy. And I was like, wow, this is like a lot to handle. Like, I don't even know where to start. Um, but I really, really like agreed with the philosophy of biohacking and that's kind of what has kept me through it. And it kind of sounds like it's like similar with you. Mm -hmm. Um, but like your attraction to like this type of way of like being and thinking, do you think that's primarily like nature-based or is it more nurture-based in your case? Oh, I, that's a great question. And uh, I think it is very much in my nature. So the mm-hmm. reason why I branded myself as, you know, Katie type A is, is was very deliberate. Like I am super type A. I've been that way my entire life. I've always been like, where's the microphone? Can I take it? You know, like since I was a kid, I would go up to people at parties. I was like four or five. I would go over to the, like the older people's table and I'd like sing them a song. And like, I love to entertain. I love to talk to people. And most importantly, like I love to hear people's stories and be educated Mm -hmm. and then educate others. Like I knew I was never really cut out to be a teacher because I don't have that great of a patience, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like my sister who has the patience of a saint and and I commend her, but it was like, that was never really kind of my goal in life. But I knew there was a part of me that was just like, I love to learn so much. I love research. I love writing. I did dabble obviously into the journalism thing, which I've talked about a lot. Um, and that, that was a tough field. That was, that was a hard mm-hmm. point in my life where I, I was doing what I thought I everybody, you know, kind of was expecting me to do, right? Like, okay, so you basically like to learn, you like to research, you like to write, and you want to be on camera. Cool. Go do journalism. (laughs) And so I started in radio and TV in New York, and I was fresh out of college. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just take the bull by the horns and I'm going to just become something. And then very quickly after leaving college and going into hard news. I was like, this is not the stuff I want to be talking about at all. Mm. Like, this is not part of what's making me feel fulfilled. The, in addition to the hours just being absolutely insane, I don't know how journalists do it, but you, you are just chasing stories left and right. You are going to every like 
house that's burning down and you're talking to the families. And I just felt like that was not at all in alignment with what made me feel fulfilled as a, as an individual or person. Like there was something very, very wrong about like going to a funeral and waiting outside to talk to, you know, the parents who were grieving. Like I, I had a couple of moments in that time period where I was like, I can't do this anymore. But that, that fire inside me to continue to, you know, still do that type of work was there. I just needed to figure out a way to actually apply it to something that mattered to me and something that would light me up. And that, that is when the YouTube, you know, kind of, uh, life sort of started where I was like, I can do everything I like and talk about the things that matter and make my own content. Like this is insane. So yeah, I think it's definitely to kind of come back to your, to your answer. I know that was very long winded, but I think it's, it's (laughs) multifaceted, right? Like I've always kind of naturally been that way, but then over time I realized that like, I do have a skill set, but I just needed to apply it Mm -hmm. the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you've applied it to YouTube and your podcast, um, and, yeah, it's it's cool to kind of like see that. And because like those platforms are obviously online, you're able to to reach more people. Mm-hmm. Um, so like where do you where do you go from here now? Like you kind of <laughs> took out of like you left kind of the corporate world and now you're doing the biohacking thing, digital nomad, living in Hawaii, like <laughs> living the dream, honestly. Um, but yeah, like what are the next few years like look like for you? Yeah, it's one of those things where I I don't exactly have the five-year plan etched out perfectly. I have a, mm-hmm. a couple of big goals that I want to hit. I mean, I know this is absolutely insane, but I want to hit 50,000 subscribers by the end of the year. And uh, nice. just because I, I needed to kind of set some type of data point for me to be able to measure mm-hmm. against. And then from there, I, you know, the next five years is going to be, well, how can I be able to afford to kind of live this lifestyle, you know, of, of working digitally? Cause like for a very long time and even up until now, like I am not making money off the channel. Like I spend a lot more money on buying products and resources and all of that than I do on actually making money. So Mm -hmm. that's tough, right? Like I have to think of myself as kind of, an entrepreneur who is just, you know, trying to use the medium of YouTube and podcasting to really get my message out. And that has always been like a hundred percent my mission. And I've never, I do not, I will not sell out and I do not sell out. And so anytime I decide to like partner with another company, it's got to be totally in alignment with where my brand is going. But yeah, I mean, I think either doing some type of you know, work on a, on creating a company or doing something way bigger than just YouTube and really creating this kind of type A framework brand to do retreats and to do kind of meetups. And I, I want to touch more people. And I think through YouTube is a great and fast way to do that. But I do also want to make some really intimate connections with people and do much more work on the consulting front and on talking to people one-on-one and then write a book about it, you know? So I have a lot Mm. of, of like, um, you know, milestones that I need to, to hit in the next few years, but that's just kind of a little peek at what some of those are. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think just like I've kind of learned in life, uh, you, you never can predict what's going to happen and you just have to be yeah. ready to kind of, you know, 
take on an opportunity when it arises. Yeah, I love that. Um, one of the biggest things that attracted me to biohacking and especially now female biohacking is how it is not saturated at all. Mm -hmm. Like there is very, very few voices right now in this space. So creating a business, creating a consulting business, a retreat business, whatever it is in this space, like you could do it now and blow up and just stick with it for five years and really, really reap the rewards because you're such an early adopter. Um, that, so I love that. That's such I love it. a great point. And you know, what's crazy, Brittany though, is that like you get your metrics for YouTube and I, and I like do realize that I am kind of in a very small pool of people who are doing a lot of very targeted biohacking videos on YouTube, but the majority mm -hmm. of my audience is men. And so mm -hmm. that makes me question, like, why are more women not interested in this? And I don't really have the answer to that, you know, but I, I think that there, there, there is definitely going to be a shift. And I think we're starting to see it happen, but I yeah. don't understand why there aren't more women thinking and talking about these kind of issues like you and I, or maybe there are, and they're just going about it through a different platform. Maybe, you know, I, mm -hmm. that I, that I'm not aware of. So yeah, I mean, I just, that's my, I don't know if, if you have any like stat, you know, mm -hmm. info, but like, yeah, I thought that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So on Instagram, um, I'm I'm almost 50-50, but I think I, I might be like 60-40 woman. Mm -hmm. So I'm slightly more female-based on Instagram. Um, but my my podcast is more male-based, mm -hmm. my listeners. Um, the last time I checked, which was a while ago, but still. Um, and I think that I think it's male-dominated, or we think it's male-dominated because of the leaders, right? So like the people you already like mentioned uh, earlier, like Dave Asprey, Ben Greenfield, like these are like two Caucasian mm. men around the same age, I'm assuming. I don't know how old they are. Uh, same with Luke's story. Same, like, so we're, the people who are kind of like leading this force are all kind of the same. So that's like something that I was going to bring up later, but we can definitely talk about is like I have a bit of an issue with like the lack of diversity in biohacking. Um, and it's even like – it's even bigger than biohacking, like even the wellness space too. Um, and I've started to actually look for somebody to bring on the podcast to talk about this because it's very like, I don't know, you kind of look around and everyone looks the same and like biohacking, it's very male dominant. And like, how do we get more female led companies that are leading the way? Um, and also like ethnicity as well is a massive issue too. I totally a hundred thousand percent agree. And as a female who is trying to kind of like take a charge in this space, and I know you are too, and like it's people like you as well who are creating companies that are, you know, completely female founded and, you know, actually taking a stab at this industry. I, I mean, I think we, we are kind of going to be, and I hate calling myself an influencer, but I'm definitely not, but like we are going to have an influence on, on the space. I I'm sure of it. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. a, like a lot of the paradigm is shifting as we're seeing some of them getting older. And it's just a matter of, you know, I, I, I question it all the time. Like, why is it that just 
you know, this kind of set group of people are always the ones that are kind of raising their hand. And I, I think like it's, it's going to be, you know, a small shift and small change over time that we're going to start to see more women emerge. Um, and it, it actually gives me more fuel to be completely honest, like Mm -hmm. seeing all of even my like YouTubing guy friends, they're, you know, my quote unquote male predecessors. I'm kind of blowing them out of the water at this point (laughs) on YouTube and, uh, I hope they're not listening, but like they know it. And, and so, you know, that is, that's kind of showing me, okay, so I can play in this male dominated industry, just like you guys. And I can win. And, and it's all about like, you know, nailing kind of these search terms and understanding like what people actually want to see, because if you're producing content, that's good. And you're actually, you care about what you're doing and you've got a passion about it and you are smart and you're educated. Like you are, I believe that you will win in this space. It's just, Mm -hmm. it might not happen overnight. But I, I certainly believe that even like in the space of YouTube or in the space of media, it is always kind of had this male dominated ethos Mm. to it. So Mm -hmm. that needs to change. And I, I'm really hoping that we're going to see something in the next three to five years where, where more, either more companies that are women driven start to emerge and really just kind of knock things out of the water or more women start to emerge in the media space, like biohacking Brittany, you know, and like myself who are really, you know, people that they can turn to because they believe us and because we do do our research and we are informed and going to educate people in the way that they want to be educated. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, And kind of like what I said earlier, like one of the reasons I was attracted to biohacking in the beginning was because of the lack of females. So from a business perspective, I knew that if I got in early and created something, and even the same with like MFEs right now, like if I get in early and I am the only person doing this or the only female or like one of the only, like this is going to benefit my career. Um, And I will be able to impact more people and help more people faster compared to placing myself in type of like, like a wellness or like just nutrition, which is so saturated with women, right? Like, so, I mean, it's good and it's bad at the same time, but I really, really, I want to see females. Like I want to see females that I can look up to who are 10 years ahead of me in their biohacking career. And right now, like, I don't really see anybody like that. Like everyone who I know who's a female in, in biohacking is pretty much around the same spot that I am, maybe a few years ahead mm-hmm. in terms of career, like not age or anything. Um, so I, like, I, I want to see the leaders, like I want to see the leaders who are in their fifties, in their sixties, whatever. So like, like they have all of that experience, but anyway, that's, that's, that's my kind of like thing I'm thinking about. No, I, I love it. And I agree. <laughs> and I think like there are definitely, like I follow some women who do some aspect like one or two mm. aspects of the biohacking. So for example, a great person, you know, is like Amy Killen. So she is part of Docere Clinics and she does like, you know, peptides and, and stem cells and all that kind of stuff. And, mm. you know, she's also in the sort of like Dave Asprey sphere. So she's actually somebody that gets a lot of press. She's always on a lot of summits. JJ Version is, is very similar. Yeah. So there are definitely some of them, but they're 
much like not much older, but they're definitely a couple of years our senior and you're mm-hmm. not getting kind of these fresh faced, younger biohacking females right now mm-hmm. talking about this kind of stuff um, in, in a larger platform. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, what it, it's funny because that when you just said that, like I it brought me back to when I first started YouTube and I was actually really scared because I was looking at just the overall competition on YouTube. and I was like, I can't compete in this market. But there was one particular content creator who is a photographer and also a kind of male dominated niche, but uh, her name is Lizzie Pierce. And she made this great video where she said, like, I basically want to be the woman that girls can look up to and believe that if they have that power to do it, they're going to do it. They're going to step up and they're, you know, going to basically embrace who they are, female or not, and just produce great content. And so at the end of the day, yes, these are definitely big issues and they certainly do need to be talked about, but it does not take me away from focusing on what my mission is. And that is to produce the best quality content I can. And if you're a man or you're a woman or somewhere in between, like, I don't care. I just want, I just want to be able to hopefully resonate with somebody out there. And my mission has always been like, if I can just touch one person, and one person does like changes their sleep and that ends up changing the trajectory of their life because they just sort of go down that rabbit hole like me, then my mission has been fulfilled. Yeah. I I love that. Um, and I, I think you're totally right. And I think where I like what I would like to see soon, and I don't know if this will actually happen, but I would love to actually see these male leaders talking about this. Mm. Like not talking about female health, which they do, mm-hmm. which is totally fine, but actually addressing the issue of lack of diversity in the space. Um, like, where is that discussion? And they have access to vi- like all types of experts, right? Um, and and I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen this this conversation in public. I haven't seen it on a podcast. I haven't seen it anywhere. But that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, so maybe if I ever meet Dave, which I'm sure I will, because I live close to him, um, I'm gonna ask him. Yes, you <laughs> should. You should just like go. See what he says. Yeah, go to the new like biohacking lab that's like in Victoria, and just like <laughs> yeah. s- like s- wait there until he gets there, and you're like, okay, I've got a yeah. question for you. Been thinking about this for about three and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you so imagine? Funny. I mean, hey, the next biohacking yeah. conference, like maybe you could be part of the summit that talks about this. Yeah, and I'll just get somebody to record him, like almost like paparazzi showing up, <laughs> like with a microphone in his face. Oh my god, this is totally gonna go viral. <laughs> it'd be, it'd, it would be, oh man, probably not the best way to start our mm. our our friendship. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like okay, well, that's one way to get famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, hilarious. But I, you know, it's a great point, and I do. I would love to know. Their, their honest thoughts, like off the cuff, yes, you know, and maybe yes. even in a, in a non-formal setting. Like I say, I joke that the, oh, the biohacking conference, but you know, it's going to be so vetted and it's going to be like, everyone has a mm. script. Like I want to see the unscripted version of somebody sitting down and just saying, okay, ask me anything. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. if, if there's an opportunity for Dave to do like an Instagram live, ask me anything, I think that's a, that would be a great kind of time to see him, mm-hmm. what he really has to say without preparing anything ahead of time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one time that um, I did talk to him about it was in his Facebook group, and he said that most of his followers on Instagram were female, I think it was, um, and, like, that was his response to it, which is fine, but, like, it's it's not about, like, the followers or the people interested in biohacking. It's about the leaders and the female-led companies in biohacking that are not really there right now. Absolutely. Um, And we all know that Instagram is kind of, uh, you know, more female dominated anyway. So that's not really proving anything, you know, because same thing with my statistics, you know, it's like many more females are on that platform, which is also a great impetus for me to be like, okay, cool. Well, knowing that, then that should be a Mm -hmm. great outlet for me to start building. It's just taken me a long time to get, you know, above water with that because it's a, it's mm-hmm. such a saturated industry or the yes. you know platform platform yeah. so maybe clubhouse is a good place and i you kind yeah. of inspired me to get back on there i think we should start like a woman biohacking chat room or something yeah yeah there there is one already um that i'm a part of and i would love for you to join yeah. it's on uh wednesdays at 9 a.m pst um and i can definitely invite you to that because that would be amazing but Moving forward, um, what like what biohacks are you wanting to try that you haven't tried yet? Oh my god, there are so many. Well, first off, I I really really want to do like stem cell therapy, but that is <gasps> oh so expensive. I do not have the capital for that right now. <laughs> yeah, but I've got a lot of like joint pain um, that you know, has, has really taken its toll over the years. You know, I'm, I'm in my early thirties, but you know, I've been really active. And so I've heard about all these, you know, people who have done stem cells and it's really helped with mobility. And then also I think like, I know you just did like PRP. I've been also thinking about doing that. Oh, really cool stuff. So, uh, that's on on my list. Uh, I definitely want to do more in the way of like PMFs because I, Mm. I have tried the, there was like this one amazing, but it was like a hundred thousand dollar like machine at Bulletproof Labs that is called like the pulse centers. And it was the most intense couple of minutes sit laying on it because you know, you're feeling the, uh, pulsed electromagnetic frequencies all throughout your body. And it basically is like targeting sources of inflammation. So you feel it and then you walk off and you're like, wow, that, that was insane. I can't believe that just happened. And so I'd love to get my hands on something like that to really fully test and understand like how long it works, like what is the mechanism of action? Because it's really hard when you just do something once, right? Even hyperbaric, mm-hmm. that's another thing. Like there's a place in Kona, Hawaii that I'm looking into doing some hyperbaric training um, at, but the pricing is so astronomical. That is yeah. a huge issue for me right now with the biohacking world. So many of these things are just kind of untouchable because they're so expensive. And yeah. um, so hyperbaric would be something I'd say altitude training. And, and I would love to do like, I know that they have at like the upgrade labs, like some of these like cool pods where you end up doing more of this kind of like meditative, almost like a flotation sort of device, except you're not in water. I'd love to really give those a fair shot and, and kind of see what it's like to, to sort of immerse yourself into this sort of like, uh, artificial intelligence, virtual kind of experience where you really can kind of tap into your, uh, like higher emotional 
uh, state mm-hmm. of being. So yeah, those are those are some of the things that are like big ticket items for me. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. A lot of what you touched upon, I, I actually haven't done myself. Um, I was just looking at stem cell therapy this morning because I got uh, sent an article about somebody who's who does it and flies down to Mexico to get it done. Um, I don't know like the regulations around it. Like I'm not an expert at all. Like I think it's pretty hard right now to actually get it done from what I understand. Um, but it's so interesting. Like and I think about how you can take stem cells from um, an umbilical cord, like when you have when you have a, a baby. And I and I was just reading, and there's actually a place, um, like an organization in Canada, that you can actually freeze your umbilical cord and like keep it in a place and use your stem cells in the future. And I was like, wow, like that is so cool because then you can just like put them back into your body and like, I don't know, like I, I'm not at that point yet, but I just find that type of thing fascinating. And I definitely think I will be doing stem cells in the next few years. Oh, absolutely. Cause like right now I think they take them from another source or, uh, yeah. you know, and it's actually, this yeah. is actually crazy. Cause so about a year ago I got all four of my wisdom teeth taken out and I had made the proposition to my fiance. I was like, so I know there's stem cells. Like when they take it out, can we freeze those? And he's like, no, that is way oh too expensive. Gosh. And and he's like, there, it's like not, I don't think it'd be worth it. But it was definitely like a, uh, something that crossed my mind when I was getting my, I was like, how can we make the most of this in a biohacking way? Let's freeze my the stem cells from my wisdom teeth. He's like, okay, no, no, no. We'll, we'll, we're going to hold off on, on stem cell issue. Uh, for a couple more years and hopefully by then it'll become a little bit more economically feasible too. Cause you mm-hmm. know, with a lot of these things, the cost is going to come down over time right now. Yeah. It's like everything that's hot and new is super expensive. And that is one of the things that makes this hobby, so to speak, challenging too. I want to pause this episode briefly to talk to you about MFEs. So if you've been following me for a while now, you know that this is something that I have really been pouring myself into um, to develop for you. MFEs are healthier underwear for women, made by women. Um, They protect against EMF, radiation, and bacteria. And they do that through the type of fabric that I'm using. I've started going to um, sewing classes and pattern making private lessons in order to make sure that these are very modern, comfy, and cute, and not granny panties, unlike the couple of um, options on the market right now. So this is super important. The the underwear protects the female reproductive parts, specifically the ovaries, um, from all of the radiation that's around us. So in our car, from Bluetooth, from our phone, from computers, from Wi-Fi, all sorts of things. Um, and this matters, right? Like we're learning more and more about how our environment impacts our health. And EMF is tough and radiation is tough because we actually can't see it. So it's kind of one of those things that we just don't necessarily think about because we can't like visually see it on a day-to-day basis, but that does not mean it's not impacting our health. And the science backs us up now. There are countless, countless studies on this, um, on how EMF can impact fertility, ovulation, pregnancy, 
um, also like cancer and mitochondrial health. The ovaries are actually the most dense um, organ in the body that has mitochondria in it. They have 100,000 mitochondria per cell in the, in the ovaries, like per cell. That is insane. And so we really want to make sure that those little mitochondria are doing their best, are functioning at their best. And we want to block any EMF, any radiation from um, impacting how they function because I want women to have healthy cycles and healthy hormones and uh, healthy pregnancy and fertility and not have further, much more serious complications in the future. So this underwear helps you get there like one step closer. Um, and so that's that's exactly why I developed it. And so pre-orders are coming this summer. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, and it has been a lot of fun um, in the months that I have been developing them. So if you're interested in, in getting on the waitlist, the waitlist can be found at biohackingbrittany.com/emphies. That's E M F I E S. Super easy. Or you can just go to the link in my Instagram bio. Um, you can just sign up right through there as well. So definitely get on that wait list. It's growing pretty quickly. Um, and everyone on the wait list will have access, early access to pre-orders, um, which is super important because it's going to be quite a limited quantity to start, I think. So get on the wait list. Um, and yeah, if you have any further feedback, I'm always open to hear what you think and what you're looking for, even product wise. Like, um, yeah. And a bunch of you have already asked me if I'm going to be creating things for children or for men, which is very interesting, but I think we're going to focus just on the females for now. So get on the wait list and I look forward to dropping these very soon. Yes. Yeah. No, it's totally like that. Like when I first started biohacking a few years ago, um, red light therapy was so expensive. Like the devices, there was only really one company that was out there and that was Juve that mm -hmm. was doing it. And now there's so many red light therapy companies. Um, and like same with nootropics, like, like, so it just takes time for it to kind of like spread and then the price goes down. Um, and it becomes more accessible to, to people, which is super important. Um, but it's going to be harder with something like stem cell therapy, but like PRP is, is even becoming better as well. Like I just did another treatment last week. Um, and it was fantastic. And yeah, I, I can totally see you doing PRP and doing a review on it. Like it's, it's, you, you gotta, you gotta try it out. I know. I just don't like getting my blood drawn. I like pretty much always like pass out. I know this is like, um, so not biohacking of me, but it's, it's, it's a little, I think it like definitely stems from like one bad childhood experience. Cause that's really all it takes in life is just one thing to go really wrong when you're like four or five years old and then you are scarred yeah. for life. So, uh, yeah, the, the whole blood thing on my face. Yeah. I I'm intrigued. Don't get me wrong. I just, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna take me a little while to kind of get that stamina up to actually go forward yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honestly, like I, I totally hear you. Um, I don't really have an issue with needles or, or blood or anything, um, but the results from PRP are really, really amazing um, in terms of like scars and lines and like filling in like dark circles under your eyes, um, texture, like all sorts of things. So 
And it's really nice to just use something that comes from your own blood, Mm -hmm. like the platelet-rich plasma is what PRP stands for. Um, And it comes from your own blood compared to using something like fillers or Botox or something more synthetic, um, which is like neurotoxic and has other issues. So I think it's only going to like the price is only going to get lower um, and it's going to become more accessible for everybody. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. And especially because my skin has changed a lot since moving out here. They don't tell you this mm. when you, in the brochures when you move to Hawaii. But if you've been living, you know, in a kind of colder climate, like, say, New York or California, you come out here and I, I feel like I'm a 14-year-old, like, teenage boy right now. Like, I have so much acne. It's not even funny. Wow. Like, yeah, I have been breaking out like crazy and... I, my, my hair is even like changing. It's like so much more oily than it's ever been. So there's a lot of like actual shifts that are happening to my body as a result Mm. of just changing in like going from one climate to another. So I think like I'm at my wits end right now. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at that point where I was a couple of years ago with like my brain health. And now I'm getting there with my skin health where I'm like, you know, I'm kind of desperate for something that's going to actually have an impact. So if you really think PRP is great, I, I might just mm-hmm. have to find a place. I'm sure there's a place on the island. I might just have to find it and just do it yeah. and close my eyes during the needles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, have you had your hormones tested recently at all? About like six or seven months ago. But yeah, okay. it is funny enough. It is a, a lot of it's happening in the uh, like in the areas right around your jawline, which tend to be more hormonal related. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've been tracking my cycle pretty closely and I'm trying to get uh, in alignment with the sun, with the, not the sun, with the moon, which is always really hard. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the acne has spread, uh, elsewhere to kind of like my forehead and my, uh, chin as well. So I'm just, I'm feeling like it, it's a combination of a couple of different factors, but yeah, it, this whole environment could be changing my hormones as well, which mm-hmm. is crazy to think mm-hmm. that just moving to a new location. But if you think about it, like there's there's a lot of stress when you're in a toxic city with a lot of EMFs or just even being in like that high beta state all the time. Is Hawaii's been the first place I feel like I can actually not be stressed all the time. And that's insane. So maybe my body's just like adapting too. Yeah. 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 Cause I know like last year when I had, um, an acne flare up for like the first time ever in my life, it was exactly those spots of like my chin and my forehead. Mm. And it was very hormonal based for me. Um, and a lot of people who have an increase in testosterone, like for whatever reason, that's kind of where they will see that, especially like for women too. Um, so if it kind of like persists over the next few months, like I'd recommend getting your hormones tested again and like compare them to your first results and see if like things have kind of shifted. Mm, yeah. And I've also been taking a DHA supplement recently. Oh, that's and why. And now I'm like oh. starting to question everything. And um, yeah, that's okay. Cool. What just out of curiosity and we, yeah. you can also just like email me later if you don't want to like talk about uh brand mm. names, but like what, what, where do you normally get your hormone panels done? Cause I usually go through this company wellness FX, but I do like a whole blood panel and mm-hmm. they don't have that out here right now. So I always think about doing one of those mail-in kits. 
Yeah. So I've done it in a few different ways. I've done it through like a traditional doctor. I've done it through a naturopath. Um, I've done it through a company called Inside Tracker. Mm. Um, and I have a discount code with them if you want it. It's Biohacking Brittany. Um, and they do like nutrients and hormones. It's it's quite pricey, but it, it's really, really in-depth. But you could also do like Everly Well, which has a bunch of tests, and you can kind of choose like hormonal, like female hormonal panel. Um, you can get your thyroid tested, all sorts of things. So Everly Well is probably the best like international one, mm, I would say. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've but you know the the inside tracker. I you are like one of like four people I've heard in the last week talking about it, <laughs> and so I'm really curious. Yeah, I I'll take a look and and kind of see what they have to offer. I uh, I think that could maybe be a really great video review too, just to kind of talk about the differences yeah. between these because I there is no mm. like clear cut like this is the best service or this is the best yeah. you know bang for your buck with these kind of you know they're they're very much like you just have to kind of know people and ask them about their experiences. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've done Everly well in the past for other you know, health related tests, but I haven't done my hormones with them. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to look and see kind of the differences. And then, yeah, I think maybe video review coming soon. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. But I honestly, I bet you your DHEA supplement is producing this because like, as you know, it's a precursor to mm-hmm. either testosterone or estrogen. And so because of my skin flare up last year, I'm so careful not to have that in supplements. And in so many uh, nootropics, it's actually added. So I have to be so careful of like which ones I take and which ones I don't because I don't want to be producing more hormones and like throwing everything off. Yeah. And I think like that was also one of the issues was just like there are sometimes, um, you know, DHEA in some of your like uh, standard multivitamins too, or, or, and I, I think I might've just been overdoing it because I have a separate supplement that I was taking and I'm going to now definitely like not take that for a little bit and see what happens. But I'm also Mm going to have to go through my cabinet and just make sure it's not in anything else because those sometimes, you know, in some of these like, uh, hundred ingredient, like supplements that you take, like you never know how much you're actually getting of one thing. And sometimes it's, it's the dose that makes the poison, right? It's not like you don't need at any of it. It's just like you maybe you have too much already and your body doesn't need it anymore. So just stop taking this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take a break and like Take a kind break. Of adjust and see. Um, so are there any biohacks that you've tried that you didn't love? Like I get this question a lot when mm. I go on people's podcasts um, and I kind of have a few that I always talk about, but I'm so curious for to hear like your answer. Yeah, I, I have, I've tried a lot of things that I have maybe like not loved, but after I do my review, like I never pick them up again. That's (laughs) probably, that's probably a clear cut sign that the thing is really not working. And Mm. so like, for instance, I'm trying to think back. I've, I've done so many like reviews. I think a lot of the supplements that I've done, I have a really hard time 
just, if I don't feel like the supplement is really working and I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty intuitive on how I'm feeling every day. So I was taking this like one brand's like nootropics called Find My Formula and I just was like not feeling it. And so I, you know, I looked at all the ingredients. I was like, okay, but I'm probably getting most of these things in food anyway. Like I get choline from eggs. And so I just like, I threw that out. Like I'm done with this. I also, I had this one product, which this is probably a little controversial, but whatever. I, I don't care. Like the, it's called the happy and yeah, I uh, you, oh, you have it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I just don't think it worked for me and I'm not saying <laughs> that it doesn't work for everyone. I'm just saying that maybe my sensitivity to the frequencies that they use is just, you know, it was much lower than maybe mm-hmm. somebody else. And so funny thing though, is I didn't throw it out. I brought it with me here because I thought maybe I just was living in an EMF soup in California. And mm. therefore the, like the frequencies just weren't affecting me in the same way. And so maybe if I moved to, when we moved to Hawaii, I will feel it. Well, I've tried it for a couple of weeks now. It's <laughs> still not working. So mm. I just, I think that like, maybe the technology is there to an extent, but I think some of these companies, you know, the problem is that they, they're trying to brand it too big. They're trying to make this sound like a cure-all for everything and it's going to work for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not the case. Like there were very few things aside from like my eight sleep, uh, cooling mattress pad, my aura ring that I'm like, I cannot live without these things because they have such right. a huge impact on my life and quality of life. But most of the other things, I'm just like, they're great. They're nice to have. I use them when I need them. But it's, you know, something like the happy is like, it's so expensive. And if it doesn't work immediately and you're not feeling some type of impact, then I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to like, you know, continue to try to make it work because then I'm just sort of placeboing myself. So I've had those situations. Um, I, there, I, there's definitely things that I, I just kind of use very infrequently because I haven't made them more of a priority or more of a habit. Um, and for those, I think it's like some of the like VNS or like the Vegas nerve simulation devices that I have. Mm-hmm. I'm testing out one right now that I actually really like, but, um, it's, it's still, it's like really sort of hard to quantify. So here, here's like sort of the, to kind of wrap things up in this uh, territory is like the things that are really hard for me to quantify or anecdotally feel right away are sometimes the things that just don't stick around. And so if I can accurately measure, do I do X thing and it has Y result, I'm probably feeling good about it. If Mm -hmm. I can't measure it or, you know, and I'm not saying don't do things that don't make you feel good. That's not at all. But it's just like some things are just really, really hard to quantify and require a lot of work to do them. And if that is the case, I probably, it probably is not going to stick around in my routine for very long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I I felt the exact same way with happy when they, they sent me one. Um, I think the science is cool. And I think the idea is cool. And it's honestly really complex for me to even understand. Um, I sent it, I sent their articles to four of my best scientific like analyzing friends, including like somebody who works is like a physicist. And he was like, I don't get this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So 
even like when I've used it, I haven't noticed a difference either. Um, and I, I, I'm the same way. Like I just have a hard time bringing in these biohacks that require, um, something to be charged, something to be timed and another app on my phone. And I, I just, if I don't see the benefit, it's exactly like you said, if I don't see the benefit right away or with, by the end of the session, like I'm not going to use it again. Like it's just how it goes. Um, or maybe I'll try it a few times, but yeah, there's a lot like that. And honestly, like even red light therapy, like I kind of go back and forth on this. Like I'll go through months of using it every day and then I'll go for like eight months without using my device because I'm like, I don't even know what it's doing. Like I don't see a difference (laughs) in my skin. I don't see a difference in my energy. Like I don't feel any different. How much EMF is this like emitting right onto my face? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to use it. So yeah, it's pretty controversial, but yeah. I I actually, for I can't believe I forgot about the red light thing, probably because it's one of those things that I too have had a very similar relationship. In fact, I basically use my red light just to like have red in the house in the morning when I'm like getting ready because I usually wake up mm. at like five. And so rather than turn on like all the bright white fluorescent lights in my room, I'm just like, yeah okay, cool. I have this red light panel. I'm just going to turn it on and like illuminate part of my kitchen. So I don't actually like use it for <laughs> its therapeutic benefits anymore because yeah. I didn't yeah. feel it either. And, but then I was like, well, I don't like the, it's past its warranty. So I might as well get some use out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel like sometimes I just put it on me and I'm like, is this actually working? Mm. Yeah. Or should I just go out in the sun? Right. And that's also the other thing. It's like, if you can just mm. get it naturally, yeah. Right. It's great for like red light is a great example of like if you live in a t- place where you are literally like it's dark for months at a, at a time, like New York, this could be maybe helpful for like yeah. seasonal affective disorder. But like I have so much sunshine, I don't even know what to do with it. So, <laughs> oh my God. So I'm like, this is useless and pointless for me to like try and like do this like artificial like, you know, supplement in my house when I can just go out and get it naturally. So that's another thing that I'm starting to learn and get more comfortable with too. (laughs) Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Um, and yeah, I just like, I respect that. So are there biohacks or like technologies that you use, you know, frequently that do really work for you and you like swear by like, other than, you know, like the aura ring, which is like an obvious one, but like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I have like really like coming out here and and kind of moving into this new space and being very like picky about what biohacks we actually brought here. I have mm. now created this like sort of sanctuary, like my little biohacking patio outside. I have a vibration plate that I think they we we actually found it at Bulletproof Labs because we thought it was the coolest thing where you stand on it and it like vibrates at 30 hertz and it is phenomenal. Like you can feel your entire body vibrate. And I, I do it pretty like regularly. Like I say, I do it like once a day, but I'm like, I'm more like on that, like two or three times a day, just for a couple minutes, because I feel like it actually does help with muscle tension and just waking me up. So I do that. I love my inversion table. I, you know, definitely it's really great for like neck and back uh, issues. I have a trampoline and we have cold therapy. So we have like a little cold pool that we made, but it gets too hot out here in Hawaii. So we're gonna have to just take our ice and put it in like our, our actual bathtub. But I love, I love cold therapy. I think the benefits are amazing and we're getting an infrared sauna and it should be coming (gasps) soon. Yeah. We, we just ordered one. So we will, I'm going to be doing that 
I told Jasper, my fiance, I was like, you're probably going to like look for me during the workday and I'm just going to be like in there. Like it might be turned off, but I've been wanting a sauna for so long that I'm probably going to use it like every single day for the next six months. Not even kidding. I might, I might have to do like a YouTube video, like why I decided to move my bedroom into the sauna. Uh Um, but, but yeah, so those are, those are kind of some of like the bigger ticket items. Obviously I had mentioned before, like the eight sleep is fantastic. I cannot, I can't imagine like living in an environment that is as hot as Hawaii and only relying on AC because the, having a cooling mattress pad was just a game changer. And I have like all this sleep data from like the month that we were out here when we didn't have it and we didn't have AC. And it was like, I maybe got five minutes of REM night, uh, REM sleep. And I was like, I was like, why? Yeah. It was so the, the drastic difference. And again, this kind of comes back to like, why do we measure? Why do we have these data points? It's because it's great to see like things work and things don't work. And so that's something that I, I didn't even think about how much I actually needed it in my life until I really saw what it was like to not have it in my life. Um, yeah. So and so for that one, for that mattress, like how does it stay cold? So you, they actually have this cool little like pod that uh, you fill up with water and it takes like oh, a ton okay. of water. Like we used to have the chili pad and we would have to frequently fill that one up. But the eight pod actually gets like a, I want to say like a week. And then it has these like kind of um, tubes that run behind your mattress. And then there's this like beautiful mesh fabric that it's woven into. So you don't actually feel the water underneath because that would be weird. And I really don't like the idea of a waterbed. Um, <laughs> so you don't feel it. You don't hear it. It just, you, but what's great is like you actually have an app and you can program it to uh, basically go off at the same time every night and as cold as you want it. So, you know, I am very type A in this way and I have it like starting at like negative 10 and throughout. And then, but what's great is like, it also like you can kind of see where your different stages of sleep are. So if you know that like, well, as I'm starting to get, you know, towards REM sleep, probably don't want to be too cold or too hot because either or is not going to help promote REM sleep. You really kind of almost want to be neutral. So that's why I usually end my night somewhere around a neutral setting. And then I like to wake up a little bit colder. So it'll actually, uh, there's a, like a vibration and a thermal alarm built in. Now the, the EMF situation with it is actually pretty low from what we've looked at, but it does take, it does require like a Bluetooth or Wi-Fi connection just to get everything set up. So I will just put that as a disclaimer, but I haven't had any issues and we've tested the EMFs. Good, good. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, that was my first thing I was thinking about. I was like, like, how is this keeping you cold and Mm -hmm. is it plugged in or is it like, what is it doing? Because that would be really bad just to like sleep on something super like electronic like that. Right. Um, but the water definitely makes sense. And yeah, that's, that's one I haven't tried is like the chili pad, um, or something like that, like something cold and we don't have AC in our place right now. And I really want AC. Um, it's not really a popular thing in Vancouver because like it doesn't get that hot, but in the last like four or five years, kind of like with climate change and everything that's going on, it has been getting really hot. And so now kind of like the buildings are kind of catching up anyway. So it's not very common to find AC uh, here. 
Um, so like doing something like, like that would be very helpful, especially for the summer coming up. I should, I should really look into it. Oh, absolutely. And at, at the end of the day, like your sleep is, is the time your body is recovering and recharging. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would rather be really hot during the day, but have my sleep dialed in so precisely because that is, that's when your body is doing so much healing and so much recovery. So like, pri- I would prioritize that for sure. And yeah, yeah. Julie Pad is a great place to start. They have, a, I think they have another thing like the Uller. There's so many now on the market, but yeah, I mean, I, the only ones I'd ever tested were Chili Pad and Eight Sleep. And I just like the, the programmability of the Eight Sleep. I think there's something nice about just setting and forgetting things. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I totally agree. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Like this was so fun just to talk with you again. Like I know you've had me on yours, but, um, I just love connecting with you. And if people want to know more or watch your YouTube videos, like where can they find you? Yeah. And, and likewise, it's always just amazing to, to chat with you, uh, Brittany, uh, you know, just kind of like, you know, either on record or off record. And I, yeah. I think we just have such a great connection. And so I am totally holding you up to that, you know, female biohacking meetup. <laughs> and and yes. Then, oh yes, my gosh. that will be super, super fun. Uh, but yes, where, where folks can find me is very easy. Just Katie type a on my YouTube channel. And I also have a podcast uh, called beauty and the biohacker. I co-host with Rachel Varga. You can find me there. I'm on Instagram at Katie type a all one word. And then, yeah, my website is also the same thing as my name.com. So you can go and, and hit me up there. And yeah, I'm always, always down to chat, especially like, you know, more females that want to come on more men. Like, I don't, I don't care. I'm happy to talk to anybody, but yeah, I, I really like this idea of doing kind of like a female biohacking meetup. So if you're interested, you know, just hit me up, hit Brittany up and we'll try to get something going in the next year. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really epic. Um, future future plans, I think, are being made right now. You heard it here first, folks. You yes, we're we're not manifesting it. We're femifesting it. <laughs> we're femifesting it. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that. I did not make it up. My friend Kyle did, so I got to give credit where credit's due. But yeah, I I heard that once, and I was like, oh, that's cute. I like that. I'm going to use that sometime. So that was a perfect yes. example of using that. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, I will put all of that in the show notes and on my website so people can find you. Um, and thanks again for coming on. This was so awesome. Oh, right back at you, girl. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, feel free to screenshot this episode and tag me if you'd like me to respond. I really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you have a question about your health, my DMs are always open and I'm currently taking new clients. Thanks and see you next time.